Hi, this is Michael Graham. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. With us today is Adele Keim, who was part of the lawsuit regarding Hobby Lobby and its attempt to fend off the requirements of, uh, of Obamacare. If I'm allowed to say that, Adele, I know that's not an official legal term, right? <laughs> That's right. They don't say Obamacare when you go into the, into court. That's right. We say the ACA or the PPACA. And you're with the uh, Beckett Fund, who's been part of the fight for uh, uh, religious liberty in the United States for quite a while. That's right. The Beckett Fund has been fighting this fight for a good 20 years or so. And the Beckett Fund's unique contribution to the fight for religious liberty is that we represent people of all faiths. Um, we like to say everyone from Anglicans to Zoroastrians uh, has come through our doors. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, we exist. We're a nonprofit law firm. We exist to vindicate the principle of religious freedom for all Americans, because religious freedom is one of those rights that um, is either vindicated for all or vindicated for none. Exactly. Well, I always have trouble with my Zoroastrian friends trying to know what to get them as a gift on their holidays. But anyway, to the <laughs> issue at hand. So uh, you you appeared before a federal panel, or or the uh, representatives of of the Beckett Fund appeared before a federal panel. Uh, what is the status of the case? Sure. The Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty represents Hobby Lobby, which is the largest for-profit company that is suing to challenge the HHS contraceptive mandate, which is a, a, little, a little regulation that HHS passed uh, a couple years after the, the whole Obamacare package went through Congress, um, requiring employers with large group plans who are not grandfathered, subject to uh, exception after exception, to, to provide uh, contraceptives at no cost to their employees. Um, they now Hobby Lobby is a, owned by the Green family. The Green family are evangelical Protestants, and for 40 years they've run their family business in accordance with their faith. In fact, they put all the assets of the business into into a series of trusts, and they've made themselves trustees, and they've taken a pledge to use the the business's assets to further Christian ministries. They give about they give away huge amounts of money to charity. They do things like closing on Sundays, which in retail business is a big deal. It loses them millions of dollars a year, but they think it's the right thing to do um, according to their faith. They also pay their employees well above minimum wage and offer a, a, a great benefits program because they think that that's part of their faith as well. But what they object to is providing a very narrow class of emergency contraceptives, um, Ella, Plan B, uh, Copper IUDs, that it's been shown that those particular types of contraceptives have a risk of destroying a newly created embryo um, before or after implantation. Now, the government says those are contraceptives, they're not abortifacent according to FDA regulations, but the Greens disagree. They say that newly created life has meaning in God's eyes, and they, they don't want to participate in paying for drugs that, that are intended to destroy it. Um, so that's their view. So they filed suit last year in Oklahoma, um, asking for a preliminary injunction. They were denied. Uh, they took an emergency appeal to the, the 10th Circuit. Um, the 10th Circuit initially said, look, we're not going to um, relieve you of this burden on your religious exercise while we're cogitating on whether you were right or wrong below. Um, but we are going to, we do understand how important this is for you, and so we are going to hear this case en banc initially, which means the entire uh, all eight judges in active duty um, gathered yesterday in, in Denver to hear Hobby Lobby's case 
it's a very unusual thing. It's an, we thought it was an encouraging sign beforehand, and the, the argument yesterday showed us that it, we were right to be encouraged. It, it, it was an encouraging day for us. Uh, the counter-argument from the government is what? You know, the government's counter-arguments are, are, are pretty surprising. Um, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act says that if a person can show a, that the government has imposed a substantial burden on their religious exercise, then the government has to justify that burden under strict scrutiny. Um, here, the government is arguing that the Green family has no burden on its religious exercise as a result of the mandate. They say that if you're a business owner with religious convictions and the government orders you to do something with your business that violates your faith, that does not burden your religious exercise at all. In fact, they argue that the Greens don't even have standing to bring this lawsuit. We think that's pretty incredible. There's nothing... Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you're saying to me that when I uh, get in my car and drive to church under the eyes of the Obama administration that my religious faith comes with me, but when I get in the same car on Monday morning and drive to work at the business that I own, my religious values and my right to protect them was left back on the coffee table. That's right. They say that when you incorporated um, to protect your assets or get limited liability, you flushed your First Amendment rights away. Um, I, 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 I'm not a lawyer, and th- and I, by the way, I, I pray thankfully to the Lord every day that I'm not a lawyer. But that sounds even crazy to me. We, we think we think it's a remarkable position, and some of the judges on the court yesterday seemed to agree with us that it, it was a. Um, there's there's just nothing in the text of RIFRA that supports that. In fact, RIFRA uses the term any person, and the Dictionary Act. It doesn't define person in, the, in RIFRA, but the Dictionary Act, which provides definitions for all of the U.S. Code, specifically says, unless context indi- indicates otherwise, person includes corporation. Right. For us, that's end of story. But if that, weren't, if that weren't enough, the government is already exempting thousands and thousands of corporations from the mandate for religious liberty reasons. It's just doing it with respect to nonprofit religious corporations. So the government already understands that corporations can exercise religion. It just says the Greens can't exercise religion because they're, they've organized their business as a for-profit corporation. And as one of the judges remarked yesterday, it's just hard to see why the tax treatment of the revenues for this company should determine the scope of its First Amendment rights. So if the, uh, if, uh, the court rules in favor of the Green family and of Hobby Lobby at this level, do you anticipate that the Obama administration would fight this HHS fight up to the Supreme Court? I can't predict what, what DOJ will do, but I will say that this, this issue is being litigated by DOJ in at least four courts of appeals right now, mm-hmm. and I would be very surprised if, um, if either side failed to appeal to the Supreme Court. I think everyone understands that that's where this is yeah. ultimately going to be decided. I, I know you're a lawyer, and at the Beckett Fund, you're representing this purely from the standpoint of the law and religious liberty, but I'm, I'm going to ask for an opinion. This seems awfully zealous. Given the way American society works, given the, the how secular much of the uh, society, particularly the commercial end of it, is, making exceptions for people like Hobby Lobby would not involve widespread you know, use of the exception. It's not the case that we have a lot of Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby businesses out there. Why do you think the Obama administration is insisting on fighting this fight? You know, 
I don't know. I can't guess their motives. But it it is an odd choice, to say the least. Look, when the ACA was being passed, President Obama made a promise to the American people that no one would be required to give up the health care that they already had and liked. Mm-hmm. You, you're able to keep the health care you have. He, that was his promise. HHS uh, followed up on that promise and said, we're making good on that promise by establishing provisions for grandfathering plans covering about 87 million Americans. Um, that was their projection. Mm-hmm. And the grandfathering provisions don't exempt you from all parts of the ACA. You still have um, the, still, the, the plans still have to have, you know, eliminate the, the lifetime and annual caps on, on, uh, on benefits. But they do exempt you from having to comply with any of the preventive services mandates, like the contraceptive mandates. So what that means is that this administration has exempted plans covering 87 million Americans, by their own count, for political reasons, but they've refused to exempt a single for-profit companies' health plan for religious reasons. That's just puzzling. And legally, it means that they don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to establishing uh, strict scrutiny, that they make strict scrutiny. Adele Kahn with the Beckett Fund. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Weekly Standard Podcast. This podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. Also, check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.